You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Your host, Andrew Donaldson. This is Herd Tell. Uh, welcome back to Herd Tell. Okay, touchy topic. We're going to do what we always do, though. We're going to skip the caterwaul and we're going to turn down the noise. We're going to get to some actual facts. Uh, Regan Farrell is joining us. Uh, impressive resume for her, formerly with Cato. She's with Old Pro Productions. She's also with the Narrative Project. You know how big of fans we are of that because they do what we do. They just get to the data and let you make up your own mind. Uh, Regan, how you doing? doing really well. Great to be here. Thank you so much for the time. Okay. When we just announced this topic, people kind of get a strong reaction. So I'm going to start out by explaining why we talk about this particular problem at hand. Um, People will roll their eyes or they have their preconceived notions about sex workers. But the way we're going to address it today is if you're concerned about criminal justice, if you're concerned about social justice, if you're concerned about people's rights, this is the bleeding edge of how sometimes the police and the criminal justice system start getting their mission creep into people's rights and they do it under the banner of, well, they're sex workers and they're sex trafficking, these things. And then the rights start going the, to the wayside because the buzzwords have more power than the rights. And that's the backwards way to do it. That's really the issue at hand below the nomenclature that kind of freaks people out, isn't it? It certainly is. Sex workers are often the canaries in the coal mine when it comes to different contentious issues. Um, that can be criminal justice, that can be um, online with CDA 230 and FOSTA-SESTA. Often we see content removed that's sexual in nature before we see anything else salacious, and it happens with um, cryptocurrency as well. Sex workers were early adopters of crypto, of Ethereum, of Bitcoin, because they are always incentivized to try out new financial structures, and you first see um, regulation occurring to sex workers before you see it happen more broadly. And since you brought it up, let's do this for by way of background. You talked about FOSTA. Uh, this had wide ranging effects that I think a lot of people, even very online people, probably don't realize. 
Uh, I can remember 10, 12 years ago, I was living in Vegas when Redbook went down. That was a huge issue. Uh, everybody probably more familiar maybe with Craigslist. We're starting to date ourselves, but imagine Craigslist being out of date, but it is. Uh, Craigslist went through this issue. Redbook went through this issue. Even the big giants like Facebook and Twitter have had to answer questions about this, especially Twitter, because they actually allow adult content. These things like the FOSTA thing, it was done under the guise of cracking down on sex workers and sex trafficking, but it really affected almost everybody's internet, didn't it? It changes the landscape entirely. And you still see um, FOSTA-SESTA cases coming through. You're going through the back back page trial right now. It restarted on February 22nd. And you're seeing um, the Earn It Act go through legislation currently, which is just a further curve out of CDA 230, internet regulation, content moderation. And like I said, I, help me with the dates here. Redbook, that was, God, 10, 12 years ago now, probably. And yes, the, and, it was 2012, 2013. Yeah. And those folks are just now getting their trial stuff. Um, they really went after those folks basically because they said, do this, do this. And they said, no, we're not going to do it. Um, we've seen the government do this with the IRS. We've seen them do it with prosecutors. They're doing it with the internet now and they're using sex work and human trafficking as the guys. But in the case of the Red Book now, they're getting retried because it turns out that wasn't the case at all, was it? No. And in the case of Backpage, they were actually working with the DOJ. They ran all of their images through um, the missing persons database for the DOJ. They worked with local precincts and officers in order to find trafficking victims. Um, and these these websites that have sprung up in place of Backpage have actually have no agreement with local police officers, and it's become more difficult to find trafficking victims. They have to resort to the traditional method, which is asking on the street. Yeah, which we know how that goes because now you're having police interactions and we know how those can go sometimes. Uh, Regan Farrell joining us on her tell. All right. I'm just going to throw you the question before we dig into the issue, the pushback. Well, it is illegal. So why do I care? It is illegal, but I try to begin with a harm reduction framework there. Um, if your main issue is helping victims of helping people get out of something that you feel is immoral or is threatening them, then I completely understand. But the best way to do so is decriminalizing sex work. Then you're not bothering anyone who, out of their own volition, has engaged in this or needs to engage in this work in order to provide for their family. Sex work is often referred to as a victimless crime. Um, it's not so dissimilar to other things that are completely legal, such as selling your plasma. Uh, we can have a longer debate about the ethics of work and labor if we want to, but that's um, not for today. But a lot of people will take jobs that they don't either care about or are actively destructive to them. Um, I think of my father working in factories his entire life. He was not able to stand up straight anymore. And so... When you're talking about sex, it's often because people feel some sort of way about the morality, and that's why it's criminalized. Yeah. Now, let's get some nomenclature done. There is a difference between decriminalizing it and making it completely legal. There's a little bit of a nuance there, just so everybody has the nomenclature right. What's the difference between legalizing it and decriminalizing it? This is language we hear with uh, marijuana a lot of the times. We've seen it with gambling now, where gambling has gone mainstream. Uh, just give folks the nuance of that a little bit of what exactly we're talking about here, because it, it comes off like we're going to have societal approval of something, and that's not exactly what we're talking about here. It's not tacit approval. Um, decriminalizing sex work is preferred by sex workers because it doesn't hold a criminal penalty. Legalization often looks like um, 
what's available in Reno, Nevada, for example, which is just a state-owned monopoly. It imposes harsh regulations. Sex workers there are only able to work in the state-owned brothels. They're not allowed to work as independent contractors. And they actually turn over about 50% of their wages to the, the pimps, the brothel owners, in that system. Decriminalization allows sex workers to operate as independent contractors, form their own coalitions, um, really work out what they want to and make their own hours. Now, over in Europe, because uh, I lived in Germany uh, two different times, over in Europe, other parts of the world, this is already kind of the standard, and yet somehow their societies have not completely collapsed into burning piles of nothingness. Um, I'm being a little facetious because, again, I understand this is icky to people. I understand a lot of people have a moral problem with it, but they call this the world's oldest profession for a reason. Human nature is undefeated. Uh, some of this is us beating our heads against the wall against something that's going on, and we just don't seem to want to have a realistic conversation about it, do we? No, not at all. This is going to continue happening. You're not going to see the oldest profession um, immediately cave in the moment that you have criminalized it. You haven't. It still continues in the, the shadows, and it, it's just really dangerous for the people involved. So this goes back to what we were talking about, harm reduction. You're not going to take somebody that's working on the street or out of a hotel room or whatever stereotype you have in your head about sex work. You're not going to take them from zero to getting a college education and a, and a middle-class job. That doesn't go from zero to 60. So like we've seen, again, I hate to use the examples, but people understand um, things with legalizing drugs and drug reduction and drug harm reduction. Gambling is another example. If we're going to have good policy in these fields, even if you're dead set against them, there's a reality here of hey, these people can't go from zero to 60 to doing it to dead stop. You've got to have some middle grounds and some steps involved, don't you? Entirely. Um, often human trafficking victims' first experience with the police is in handcuffs, not as they're being helped. And it's incredibly difficult for a lot of these human trafficking victims, once it's discovered that they're victims, to overturn their convictions. And you can imagine um, a world where sex work is decriminalized and there is no record. And so this person is found out to be a victim. They receive resources, help, job training, and they're not spending all of their hard-earned cash trying to overturn a conviction that is wrongly imposed upon them. We've seen it in other areas of the criminal justice system, especially on the, what we call the low end, which we probably shouldn't refer to at that end, but you know the petty crime end, things like this. This is really a situation, you know, again, like drug use, like recreational drug use. We seem to be making more criminals than we actually seem to be doing anything about actual crime, don't we? We certainly do. Uh, you're hearing pushes for something called the end demand model, which sex workers advocate against. This criminalizes the client, but not the worker. In practice, this happens in um, Amsterdam, for example. In practice, this actually just drives the transaction further underground because sex workers will work to protect their money, their transaction, and their client. Um, you have a very traditional sort of leaning in the window, saying hello, offering the prices. This can't happen under the end-demand model because you have to speed up the entire transaction. The client is often anxious of getting arrested, and so instead, the worker will just hop in the car, and then they have to negotiate once they're already in the car, they can't assess the situation before they're engaging. Yeah. And you can imagine how that power structure goes. If you get a bad 
somebody with bad intentions in a big hurry. We're talking to Regan Farrell, uh, Young Voices contributor, also does some other work with things like Old Pro Foundation. We're going to come back after the break. We're going to actually back up what we're saying with some criminal stats. The police themselves tell you why this model does not currently work. And we're going to use an example everybody's aware of. We just had it last month, the Super Bowl. Uh, the Super Bowl for football is also the Super Bowl for not only sex work stereotypes, but sex works conspiracy theories. We're going to get into that a little bit of human trafficking more with Reagan Farrell right after this. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. (laughs) 